Blog Talk Radio. We declare our rank on this earth to be a man, to be a human being, to be respected as a human being, to be given the rank of a human being in this society, on this earth, in this day, which we intend to bring into existence by any means necessary. Jason Strider, man, he told me, man, it's a sin. Just as much as a sin is killing a person and stealing and everything else, it's a sin for me not to be doing what I'm doing. If I chose to take the easy way out knowing that I had to give it. Everybody can rap, but only a few get in these positions, you know, where they can really speak, you know, to a generation of people and, you know, have them follow most important thing in business is honesty, integrity, hard work, family, never forgetting where we came from. See, you are what you are in this world. That's either one or two things. Either you're somebody, or you're nobody. everybody. Welcome. Welcome to another week, another episode. Uh, reporting live to you this afternoon is The Collective, uh, where four co-hosts come together each week to discuss and critique and analyze topics in sports, music, television, and film um, based on our several maintaining blogs. Um, I am your humble host, Martin Soares. Glad to be here once again for another week with uh, with my spirited co-hosts, Tommy Hill, Lawrence Reels, and Jason Reels. Gentlemen, how are we feeling today? Yes, Lord. Yes, Father. <laughs> I'm still feeling great, man. Feeling wonderful, dog. <laughs> yeah. Glad, glad, always always a pleasure to have, to have my spirited co-hosts with me um, each Saturday. Uh, we have a lot to get to today, a lot of a lot of good topics. It should be a very interesting and fun show. Um, we should we should dive right in. Um, we've been covering and discussing the NBA Finals now since the beginning um, for a, for a good couple of months now, and obviously it has concluded. Um, the NBA season ended the other night on that on that game seven between Miami and San Antonio. Um, 
obviously much uh, much congratulations to the San Antonio Spurs for uh putting up a a valiant effort against the defending champions um gave us an NBA finals that I personally expected to see in terms of uh the entertainment value in terms of the uh the high quality basketball and the high level of play um the San Antonio Spurs certainly put um, the probably more of the non-basketball world on notice, and I think they gained themselves a significant uh, a significant amount of extra fans uh, just from these finals. But a huge congratulations to the Miami Heat um, going back to back defending champions. LeBron James, obviously, um, Finals MVP now for the. Uh, for the second time, his second NBA title, back-to-back champions, uh, uh, really um, embodied the the championship, um, the, the 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 type of play you expect from a championship team and and from a team uh, that that was defending their title and and ended up winning their second straight title. Um, a huge congratulations to to the Miami Heat for uh for for that for that accomplishment. Um I'm gonna swing it over to the only one of our co hosts who actually picked Miami to win the finals. Uh Tommy, go ahead and, and take the floor and give us your take on, on what you saw uh kind of recap from what you saw in game seven and from your man LeBron James. Uh you know man this I'm not even going to come on here and, you know, just be all crazy and ratchet because um, LeBron James did what I wanted him to do. But um, I got to go back to start with game six. If not for that shot by Ray Allen, it wasn't even a game seven. And I was at the, the local pub down the street from uh, from my house, and I've, I've never been beside myself like that before. And then, Watching an NBA game in my entire life, like I'm, I'm, I'm telling Spurs fans to get away from me. I'm, I'm knocking the chairs down. I, I, when Ray Allen made that shot, I walked out of the bar. I walked out of the bar because I couldn't even handle it. My, my heart couldn't take that the game anymore. With 28 seconds left, down five, I thought LeBron completely chalked the game, and I thought the game was over. I, I'm sitting there, and I'm thinking to myself. I'm like, damn, how how am I gonna how am I gonna, you know, I gotta come to terms with LeBron lost and and you know, we gotta go into the off season and I gotta I gotta defend him again because I'm gonna hear all the hatred, but nah, Ray Allen makes that shot. They go on to game seven and and the Spurs they're they're continuing to give LeBron space and Jay, I'm I've been texting you back and forth about it, Martin. All I wanted to see was just him just just take those shots. Just just step into those shots, take those shots. You you're more than capable of shooting LeBron James and I'm 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 I don't even know the word for it. I'm I'm so happy that he he just stepped up and said, I'm gonna lose it on my watch. I'm gonna win it, I'm gonna lose it on my watch and, and that's exactly what he did. And the thing I noticed about his shot actually, it goes back to actually my playing days when when I played in high school and um I struggled with my shot a little bit and because it was flat. And you noticed those those three point shots that they were giving him, all he was doing was putting a little more arc in his shot, taking his time and knocking him down. And LeBron James, if if he develops that touch, 
That's all it's about. It's it's a, it's a touch, and if you master that touch, a guy of LeBron James caliber, I I don't I don't even see I don't even know where to begin to think about a ceiling for this guy because th- that's all he's missing in his game. You know, he's he's developed the post game. He can keep working on that, but if that touch is down, I mean, oh my God! Like you, there's there's no way we're gonna be able to touch this guy. And there's a stat that I, I looked up. It's um. Actually, it was a meme that I saw at 28 years old. MJ, at 28 years old, MJ had one ring, one finals MVP, two league MVPs. At 28 years old, Kobe Bryant had three rings, zero finals MVPs, zero league MVPs. LeBron James, two rings, two finals MVPs, four league MVPs. If this guy's now on his way to greatness, I don't know. I, I don't know who else is, man. Because this guy right here, LeBron James and Martin, I know that used to used to despise those witness T-shirts. We are witnessing arguably someone who could become the greatest player who ever played this game. And you know, I'm I'm gonna just. I mean, you guys, you guys just chime in because I, I can keep going, <laughs> and I don't I don't you know I'm just. I'm I'm blown away by what I saw in the finals, guys. Like I'm just I, I was so happy for LeBron, and I was just completely blown away. All right. Well, before we before I guess I guess at this point we're not necessarily talking about the, the game itself, but kind of talking about LeBron, which is which is very relevant. I mean, he just got a second ring, and and he's officially I guess out here. <laughs> I I think yo know, I I I agree with you Tommy I think I think the things that he was able to show down the stretch of those games really showed you that like he's like I mean people always come at him about the about his late game performances that's always been his thing it's like down the stretch in the playoffs LeBron didn't show up in Cleveland and that that was kind of the stigma that held with him also the first year in Miami when they lost to Dallas. But the LeBron that we saw at the end of those game sixes, well, at the end of game six, he had he had some he had some rough things going for him at the at the end of game six down the stretch. I think we all could agree on that 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 turnover and then airball the next play sequence that was rough. I, at that point, we all we all thought it was over. We all thought it was over. But I want to know what's crazy. I think that when I say we all thought it was over, that includes LeBron. LeBron saw that, you know, hey, we're not about to win this. Like, we are about to go home. Well, I mean, we are home, but we are about to, like, walk out of this gym and without the championship trophy and another team is going to have it. And that and something clicked in him, and he, and he was able to get it done. His play in game seven was fantastic. I mean, you can say what you want about his jump shot. He's not a jump shot shooter. Like let's do like we'll just get that straight. He's not a jump shot shooter. He's never gonna go down as the greatest shooter ever. So that, that that's not necessarily what we're saying if we say that he's one of the great players. He he can shoot it, Tommy. He can shoot it when when my he when was, he's forced my to. Was, my point was just the 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 willingness to take that shot rather than be like ah oh, I don't know if I can take it because I don't know if I don't want to put my team in jeopardy. That's what I meant. Just the willingness. Yeah, oh. to take it. I definitely see what you're saying. I mean, that's the evolution because we, we, we used to talk about all the time how he's passing the ball at the end of the game and, and not taking the shots that we feel like he should be taking. I, I, I totally agree with you. I think that he's certainly involved, in, and that's a, a mentality type of thing. LeBron's nasty now, guys. That that that's a, I say all of that to say this. LeBron's nasty. I was on social media yesterday, and this 
doesn't necessarily have much to do with basketball, but at the same time. So I'm all over social media looking at, like, LeBron's reactions to winning his second chip. And he's throwing it in, he's throwing it in all the haters' faces. So the, I, I text Martin and begged him to go look at the Instagram post that he put up where he just goes, um, the two-time champion, that is stank, don't it? Ooh, like, he's nasty. He's nasty now, bro. And uh, I, I like it, yo. I think that I think that we're starting to to see the LeBron that we always wanted to see. You know, I mean, we we saw it throughout the season numbers wise. He does everything. We can't deny that. Martin brought up a good point. He isn't a straight up score. No one like I, I feel like people should stop thinking that. All right, LeBron has to like score in doses and doses and doses and be a jump shooter like Kobe or Mike. Because he doesn't have to do that. He can realistically be great doing what he does. His strengths are getting to the rim, creating for his teammates, and he does it as good as anybody else I've ever seen play the game. So, I mean, my, my, my scope is definitely limited, but at the same time, I've seen I've seen a good bit of basketball in my years, and, and I'm, I'm happy for LeBron. I think that I think that he needs to be the way he is now. I think I think I think everyone's in trouble, <laughs> including <laughs> Jay and Molly's Mamba. I think Jay and Molly's Mamba is in trouble. Well, I'm glad I'm glad you brought that up, Lawrence, and I'm and I'm glad that Tommy uh, made reference to the great Michael Jeffrey Jordan as well because that's part of the discussion here. I mean, we're we're looking at the the continued legacy now of one LeBron James, and and there's an there's there's another somebody who has to be brought into the discussion named Dwayne Wade, who is now a three-time NBA champion. And, and, and I'll, I'll get to Dwayne Wade in a second here. And, and I, I do want to I I let, you know, Jay, Jay get to his piece as well. But I, I do I want to start up kind of I want to get forward in the discussion. I guess I want to ask, ask Tommy specifically, that, that Tommy, how, how, you know, you bring up the stat, and I always see the stat, you know, LeBron is, is is more accomplished by far at his age than Kobe or Michael was at, at his age. Even that being said, are you what does that what does that stat really say? Because conventional wisdom, at least in my opinion, it still says that Michael Jordan is the greatest player of all time. I, I am still of that mindset because yes, uh, and I, I fully submit. I fully, you know, I talking to Tommy before the show started, you know, I, I I consider myself a LeBron critic because I've had enormous reasons, completely warranted reasons to critique him. And my only judgment of him was for him to own up and give me a reason not to critique him. I, I tweeted it after the game. Listen, I, I, I don't consider myself a LeBron hater. I don't hate LeBron because I love watching him play basketball but I've had too many reasons to critique him through the Cleveland years, even even now. Just as recently as, as game six, I've had reason to critique him in, in these finals. Um, but, again, but I, I do – we're in the LeBron era now, and, and it's official with this, with this second straight championship. But, Tommy, how, how close are you to, to ascending LeBron into your top players of all time right now? Because I've – Listen, a back-to-back championship is great, but I, I think there are things that we still have to consider and talk about, things such as 
the fact that LeBron James did have Dwayne Wade. I I, I I despise the fact that people seem to forget that Dwayne Wade was Dwayne Wade before LeBron James got to Miami. LeBron James went to go play with a, a champion, and uh, someone who already, you know, paid his dues, who already dominated the league in the fashion that LeBron was still trying to. So, Tommy, where are you at in terms of ascending LeBron into your into – your, because, you know, you say if he's not bound for greatness. I think he's experiencing greatness right now before our eyes. But I guess I'm curious as to, what you know, how, how far do you really see this going? I, and I said, um, you know, Michael Jordan and Kobe, because that greatness that I'm talking about, that's those two guys are the greatness that I'm talking about because that's that's the path. That's where he's trying to get. You know, that's who that's who he needs to eclipse to be to be better, considered better than these guys. And I, I said that just to say that he's he's on that path. And with what you said about what I put him in one of the top players. In my all-time top list, I would have to because you look at the the players that I've seen play in my lifetime. I can't name five or well, I can't name four players that are better than LeBron James. And you know, this is this is our generation of basketball. And I I, I remember we wrote um, we did a, a piece for the 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 for the blog for the basketball feed about the Dream Team and and the '92 team and. This I'm just trying to make this comparison because I'm of the mindset. I wrote a piece giving an argument that the, the 2012 team would have beat the 92 team because I think this generation of basketball is better than what it was back in the day. LeBron James has a Dwayne Wade on his team, but you know there's also a Kevin Durant out west and a, and a Russell Westbrook, and and there's the Tim Duncan and Mon Ginobili. There's James Harden. There's the Stephen Currys, and I don't think that. Yes, Michael Jordan is the greatest player who ever played, but I don't think he played against all these these, these just killers out, you know, in the that they have in the NBA. And I feel like the game today is is so much more athletic. It's 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 so much more up and down. It it's we're seeing the 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 best basketball that's ever been displayed right now, and I don't, I feel like that can't be disrespected. It's and, and that's not to say that LeBron is better than Michael Jordan right now because he, he's not. But if anyone it can can surpass a Michael Jordan, or it's LeBron James. We're looking at it right now. I would, that's why I, I stand. Tommy, I would have to I would have to sincerely disagree um, on the on on the standpoint that uh, the, there's no argument that the game is more athletic now. But I I I, I think the game is softer now. Uh, I think you, if you're looking at if you're talking about what what Mike went up against compared to exactly. the people LeBron. But, I mean, the people you named, you know, I mean, those guys you named, and I see what you mean because there are gunners out there that, that I mean, there are straight-up gunners. I mean, you have a lot of guys in the league now that, that, just, that just gun, that can just flat-out score the ball. But I, I still think that in looking at the eras, I, I think, Michael, you talk about the, the Detroit Pistons who, who, who made – physical play and defense a staple in basketball and in the NBA. I mean, they were they, they had a nickname, for God's sake. They called them the bad boys. Like, I mean, Are the New York Knicks, the whole, the I'm, I'm saying this to say that those those teams, the, I, I think, the, like, and even, even, I mean, we can talk about the, 
you know, how, you know, the, the whole handshake rule. You know, people talk about that a lot. The, you know, uh, Jordan references it all the time, the fact that he had to deal with, uh, uh, you know, a lot more handshakes than guys ha- than guys do now. I mean, I, I think the game used to be called uh, or at least played a lot more physical than it is now. And to that, uh, to that credit, I give the older guys, the, the Michael Jordan era, the advantage over this era because – while yes, it's more up and down and it's more athletic. That you know, that's just the evolution of the game, like we always talk about. But it, does that really mean that that it's better? Does that really mean that the competition is better? I honestly think so. But you guys, I mean, there's obviously that's why that's why we do what we do. But are you saying that to say that the players of this generation wouldn't be able to handle that physicality? Because I I think they Not, would. Yeah, Not that, that would. That there are still physical guys in the game, but my thing is that you don't have those physical teams. Like, I mean, the Chicago Bulls and the Memphis Grizzlies, and I guess the Indiana Pacers kind of work their way into that mold too in in these playoffs. Those are like the. I mean, you know, those are the teams where you're like, man, they're going to be physical. I feel like that nature used to be a lot more a lot more universal than it is now. And not to say that guy, uh, there are guys that are still physical individually. So when Kevin Durant goes up against Tony Allen, he knows he's going to have a physical matchup. So it's not to say that these guys are, are soft players, that they can't handle it. I'm just saying just the overall nature of the game, I feel, used to be a lot more gritty, a lot more physical, a lot more rugged. You've got guys that, I mean, I hate to put it out because, I mean, Miami and San Antonio are, are, I mean, they're just like high class. I mean, the Tim Duncans and the Greg Popoviches, I mean, they're they're just high class, and they're not the type to be, you know, talk trash and be rugged and stuff like that. But, I mean, I, and not to say that that makes for better competition, but I'm just I'm just talking about just the, the nature of, of the different eras here. Like, I mean, you've got guys playing against their friends that they don't want, you know, they don't get into it. They don't get into tussles. It's kind of, and it's it's a, it's their friendly rivalries, which is completely fine. But I feel like the rivalries of old were really the ones that brought out like the I guess I, I don't know the I kind of just that really like natural competition in a sense. Um, I know exactly what you mean. But it's for me, it's just that it's like it's just the way the game has evolved. I would have to think that the game has evolved for a reason, and it has to be. You know, it, it, it's getting better. Things are, you know, I just don't think that we've regressed as basketball. And I, I think that we're, I feel like the height of the game is, is something like we haven't seen. That's my opinion. Uh, no, I mean, I still I still definitely agree because you look at the who's, I mean, it's LeBron James' era now, and and we're in the LeBron James era. And you look at LeBron James, and, and I say it all the time, to me, he's the best athlete of all time. I have no problem saying that. I have no problem arguing that. In fact, I don't even think there is an argument to that fact. Um, To say he's the best basketball player of all time, I watched Michael Jordan play from the time I was, I don't know, like five or six up to, I don't know, about 12, 13 years old. I saw him, I still remember things that he did that I can't get out of my mind, that not even LeBron James can get out of my mind. And I, I, I and, you know, again, we're talking about the, the continued legacy here for him going forward. But I, today, on this day, I, 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 the only reason I get mad about LeBron and people who, who worship the whole LeBron spectacle is that they act like 
he he still had – it's like they, they jumped to Mike, like let's compare LeBron to Mike, as if he's surpassed Kobe yet. I mean, I feel like people forget about the fact that Kobe Bryant is still right there under Michael Jordan, at least in my opinion. Um, I, I, you know, I don't know. You can't take away what LeBron has done and what I guess he's on his way to doing, back-to-back champion. That's a big deal. But I – He's got to get a dynasty. I mean, I know I'm looking ahead to next season now, but listen, if you're, if you're, I mean, if you're going to be the best, the greatest, one of the great, whatever. And I guess Tommy, I mean, if, I guess I'm hearing you say, he's, you know, in, in terms of all time, LeBron's in your top five. That is, that's fair to say, right? Uh, I would assume that that's the case, correct? I would have, you'd have to, from what I've seen. From, is that fair? I mean, LeBron's in your top five all time right now, for sure. Off the top of my head, I would throw <laughs> MJ, Allen Iverson, LeBron James, uh, give me Kevin Durant, and and uh, I mean, Kevin Durant. Throw in, uh, Kevin Durant Kevin and uh, Kobe Bryant. Kobe Bryant. I almost forgot. Kevin Durant. He just put um, me on the spot, man. I, hey, man. Kevin <laughs> Durant. <laughs> um, that, threw me, that threw me off a little bit. Um, that man can flat out score. Hey, he, I, Tracy McGrady can flat out score, too, but I'm talking top five all time. But but, nah, but LeBron, I, but their question was, I mean, LeBron's in your top five of all time. You can say that. Like faithfully right now. Yeah. Without a doubt. Jay, I'm I'm curious to get your thoughts. We've gone all this way w- without you, big homie. Give us the way in for us. All right, Tommy. I'm gonna have to text you after this. We're gonna have to talk pride and in- <laughs> about the stuff you said on here. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna, all day, bro. I'm gonna hit you. I'm gonna hit you some. But, I'm for you all day, bro. <laughs> <laughs> but, all right, so, initial reactions, okay? <sighs> all right, first of all, first of all, first of all, this series wasn't won by LeBron James. Okay, I'm tell I'm telling you, that. I'm, I'm I'm serious. This this series, this this championship, even though it, he made it seem like it was all him, it was it was far 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 from being all him. You know, you know where you know where I, this is my order of important factors for the Heat winning this championship. I'm gonna go Pat Riley first. I'm gonna go Ray Allen second, and I'm gonna go LeBron James third. Okay. And then and then and then Wade a close fourth to LeBron. They might be they might be three A and three B. I'll even say that. And I say that because of this. Okay. This series was over, guys. This series was was over. They were they were they were bringing up the yellow ropes. The yellow ropes by the Miami Heat staff were being put around the court. For the for the celebration for San Antonio, this series was done. Okay, Ray Allen 
won LeBron James in the Miami Heat a ring on one shot. On one shot. Pat Riley made the most masterful move of the offseason by bringing Ray Allen to Miami, and it all cultivated in that one shot. LeBron's shot in Game 7 is not the shot of this series. It's not the Michael Jordan Game 6 in Utah step back game winner. It's not, it's, it's, it's none of that. Ray Allen's three is the shot that, that, that literally tells the story of this series. LeBron had his chest out. He was flexing the other night. He was flexing. He, I've never seen him flex like that before. He grabbed, he had the NBA championship in one hand. He had the MVP in the other hand. And he and he and he put on his stink face for the camera, like "What's up?" And I and I get it. I, I get it. Uh, he gets. He's the most scrutinized athlete I think in American sports since Pete Rose. Yo, only Pete Rose got this kind of hate that LeBron has been receiving. So he had. He I I, I give him credit for flexing because he had a right to flex because this guy he gets he gets salt thrown his way more than anybody. More than anybody. Okay, so I get it. But he did not win this series. He did not win this series. He may have won game seven. He did not win this series. All right? It, 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 and that's it. And, 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 and it's really that it's really that simple for me because because the great ones, the great ones, don't do it for two games in a four-game NBA final series. They don't do it for two games. They do it for four games. Yo, LeBron doesn't even have the best Miami franchise record for, like, best well, – not even a record, but he doesn't even have the best finals performance for a Miami Heat player. That still, that still belongs to Dwayne Wade. Dwayne Wade had an average – 40 a game in his four games against the Dallas Mavericks in 2006. He averaged 39.2 points in their four dubs. He, y'all, y'all remember the flash. Y'all remember the flash. Y'all remember the flash. This conversation could be going a lot different. Miami didn't go to, I mean, LeBron didn't go to Miami. We, Jay, could, Jay. we, could, we could be in a Dwayne Wade era because he has three now. What about, so, man, let me ask you a question real quick, though. What's up? What about the, what about the sixteen points from from fourth quarter to overtime that LeBron had in Game Six? He he had to. That kept him afloat, but that still wouldn't have been enough if Ray Allen doesn't hit that shot. I understand that, but he didn't close. He didn't close anything. I hear he I hear what you're saying. I hear what you're saying. I, you're saying you know LeBron was the reason why they were in that position. And and he's the reason why they end up he he ended up winning that game and that's extremely valid, but my point is he did not win this series, and I think people are jumping the gun and 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 totally totally jumping the gun. I I LeBron still doesn't crack my top five yet. He has two guys, he has two. Bird still has more than two. Magic has more than two. Kobe has more than two. Shaq has more than two. 
there's so many like there's 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 NBA superstars who dominated their time that still have more rings than LeBron, and he's young. So let's give him time to do that. I I I, I want to be fair to him in a way, because I I don't think throwing him in your top five or even making the Mike comparison right now, I don't think that's fair to him. He might think so, but I don't think so. He still has a lot of work to do. He still has to win three more to even match Kobe. And we're and and and, and guys, we can talk about we can talk about you know the all around game, and I and I love that about him. I love that about him. We can talk about playing both ends of the court. I love that about him. But like, this is about rings, fellas. This this this, this NBA. If you want to be the greatest player in your sport. It's about championships. That's what winners do. That's what the great ones do. They win championships. Let's give him some time. I'll be able this 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 finals MVP that he got this this back to back championship, back to back league MVP, back to back finals MVP. This is still the introduction, possibly. So let's not jump the gun. Let's, that that's 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 my point. Let's not jump the gun on LeBron quite yet and put him in the the upper echelon. He's not on the Mount Rushmore of NBA players quite yet. And and will he get there? It's very, very possible, but he's not there yet. So I just I, I, I can't I can't hear all of this LeBron stuff and I know it's fresh off of his off, off of everything he's done. But it's gonna have to calm down soon and I hope it does. Because we're getting. I think people are getting a little excited and a little ahead of themselves. And 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 he's he. I don't think he won that series. I don't think. I don't think he. I don't think he won that series alone. And I I, I think there's people out there that should get some get their names out there because honestly, this series is over. This series is over on Thursday night, if not for Ray Allen. So, call me critical. I'm, I'm certainly not a LeBron hater. I played in LeBron's my whole college career. They're like that, that was my shoe of choice. I loved him <laughs> in Cleveland. I idolized him. I had posters as a college kid of LeBron in my room, not Kobe. Like, I was on the wave. 2000, what was that, 2006, when he was in the final, when he was in the playoffs with, playing against Detroit in Cleveland, he was my guy. He was my guy. So it, it's no hate coming from here. I just think we're jumping the gun with throwing him in our in in, in our top fives of of all time. He's not he hasn't done enough work yet. Even though he's done a lot, he hasn't done enough yet. And and I'm and I'll leave it at that. But congratulations to the Heat. The Spurs. I, I feel very I feel terrible for them. And and they're gonna. This is gonna haunt all of them, all of them for the rest of their NBA careers. However long it's gonna be, this one they let one get away, and I and I think that's what happened. I I think they really just let one get away, and you know LeBron is good enough to take advantage. You cannot make that many mistakes against the Miami Heat, and because of the way they're built, Pat Riley, my guy. That's it, <laughs> and then that's it. You know, I um, I, I try not to bring up 
the the game itself and the Spurs themselves because it it just it pains me to think about what went down from really from those last moments of Game Six all the way through the end of Game Seven. And I was texting Lawrence during Game Seven, really just on edge because it really it wasn't for someone who picked the Spurs to win and who obviously wanted to see them win in light of my pick. I'm sitting there and I'm watching them just like really crawl their way to a close game. I mean, they were just both teams really did look out of it, and 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 uh, you know Tommy had mentioned it and and. They kept mentioning it during the game that it's, it felt a lot like that game seven between the Lakers and the Celtics uh, in 2008. Um, it, felt, it felt a lot like that game where both teams were just so out of it and it felt like it had to be grinded out. It felt like the Spurs were doing more actual grinding than the Miami Heat because they just looked so – Tony Parker was just exhausted. He was just completely on his last leg. Uh, when it came down to making the plays, and, and I texted Lawrence during the game, and I said, "Listen, if the Spurs are really about to pull this out, they need one of their one of their vintage sparks." And they had two chances to do it. And this is the last thing I'll say about the, the Spurs themselves because I, I don't want to harp on it. But they had two chances. Manu hit the 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 deep three, the deep contested three off the catch, which put them down three. I believe it was 85-82. They got the steal off the inbound, if you remember. Got it to get Danny Green in the corner. He takes his patented three, and, and it went off the mark. It ended up not going in. That They missed their chance on the spark on that one. That would have tied the game. And then, oh God, the, 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 the sight of it, I, can hard, I can't even watch ESPN because I'm afraid I'm going to see the highlight again. Tim Duncan with Shane Battier on him, 48 seconds on the clock, 90 to 88, down two, a chance to tie the game once again. The, 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 the shot that Tim Duncan has made millions and millions of times over his career, the bunny at the rim, it, he misses it, it tries to the tip in, it goes out, and then Miami came down, called their timeout, got LeBron, and he made the, the mid-range jump shot game over. Uh, and not to mention the fact that Manu – went sent in turnover spurs on us again and just went completely frantic on that last possession when they had it. Again, I don't want to harp on it because it was painful for someone who who was rooting for the spurs to see them make those mistakes. But back to Miami, you know, I think, I think we're almost looking at, and I mean, I'm, I'm with Jay. For me, I think I'm, pretty comfortable with saying that I can put LeBron now in my top 10 of all time. I think he, I think he fairly easily cracks my top 10 of all time. But I think that kind of that tension there, because look, and I want to bring up Shane Battier and also going back to Dwayne Wade, because Shane Battier ended up being the shot maker that Miami often needs for them to get going. And Chalmers was, you know, he was on and off. He made a couple shots. He made a couple plays, but he was nutty at times. He made his kind of, uh, you know, his the mistakes you almost expect him to make a couple times, but he made a couple shots. But uh, Ray Allen really didn't come on at all in Game 7. Mike Miller, he got his shots off, really didn't come on at all in Game 7. It was Shane Battier who came in and saved the day with those, what was it, six threes that he made, uh, and he became the shot maker they needed 
in order to, to supplement what they like to do, how they got their points going. And then back to Dwayne Wade. The first half of Game 7 belonged to Dwayne Wade. He kept them afloat. He was telling LeBron, no, get out the way. I'm grooving right now. And And I said it to my sister, who I was watching the game with. I said, listen, I have to ask him, listen, if Dwayne Wade is grooving like that, I I can only sit back and and I know what's going to happen. I'm scared to death if Dwayne Wade is playing like that in the first half, just Coming off the bounce, making his move, it didn't matter who was guarding him on that left wing, just operating on those pull-up jump shots, making the turnaround jump hooks. I mean, he was grooving and broadening it out now to Miami. I think you're looking at possibly, we're looking at maybe one of the the better teams. Maybe that's something we, we further discuss is that is this Miami Heat team and, again, I mean, you look at the dynamics with the big three, they talk about, you know, they probably won't be together forever. Um, but, I mean, right now, I mean, quite possibly, Tommy, Jay, Lawrence, we might be looking at maybe maybe one of the best teams assembled um, for those reasons. The fact that you had Shane Battier show up in Game 7 and make those shots. You had Dwayne Wade supplementing them and, and keeping them afloat in that first half. And, and let's not forget what Dwayne Wade did in Game 4 when he really came on and and, and – maybe even save the series at that point to save them from going down 3-1 in San Antonio. Um, they had guys guys step up, and obviously you need that from every championship team. But, um, again, I guess to kind of backpack off of what Jay was saying, I don't look at this series as and, – and the Game 7 for LeBron was the most. We go back to it a lot, right, the, the Game 6 in Boston last year. That guys, that game seven was was the closest thing to that game six in Boston I had seen from LeBron. I mean, that game six in Boston to me was his best game of his career, and this game seven really eclipsed that primarily because of the making jump shots. Uh, that's what it came down to. He became unstoppable because he he made the shots that you were giving him. So I don't know. Maybe maybe we're looking at a Miami Heat team a team that goes down as one of the greatest, and I. I mean, with LeBron as the best player, obviously you ascend him into that greatest players thing, but I'm still looking at it as, well, Dwayne Wade's got three rings. Dwayne Wade was doing this before LeBron even came to town. So it's it's an interesting dynamic, and I always say it. You know, as long as Dwayne Wade and LeBron James are on the same team and they're winning championships, Dwayne Wade will always have one more than LeBron. It's just it's just an interesting factor to me. I don't know. What do you guys think? I I, I hear you, and and let's not let's not forget this team has three Hall of Fame guards on it. They're they're between Ray Allen, Hall of Famer, Wade, Hall of Famer, LeBron, Hall of Famer. They have three Hall of Fame players. There's not many teams out there that could in 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 the history of the game that can say that they have three. Hall of Famers. So, for me, for me, this Miami team, the streak that they went on, the way they had to grind out pretty much every playoff series besides their first round matchup against Milwaukee, I I, I think a great, great argument could be that they are one of the best teams of all time. And, and, and And I don't have a problem saying with that. I don't have a problem saying that. But my problem is 
that I think LeBron gets a little bit too much credit for what they were able to accomplish this year. And I think I think the credit should be spread across the board to the people that really when it came down to it won Miami a championship. And and, and you you can say he's at the head of that and then that's fine and I and I and I wouldn't totally disagree, but I just want it to be evenly spread because this championship to me was not just about LeBron James. And and I, I think is I think it's is is as simple as that, um, and you know, it, it, what can they three peat? Can they be a, a Chicago Bulls dynasty, a, a, a Michael Jordan dynasty, a Kobe Bryant dynasty? Uh, can can they can they three peat? And and I gotta be honest, LeBron might be in my top three or four players by the, by the time it's all said and done in his career. But he has to win one without Dwayne Wade for yeah. me to make some Michael comparisons, for me to feel okay with making Michael comparisons. I think he needs one without Dwayne Wade. And if he gets one without Dwayne Wade, I think, and he gets to five or six, then I, I don't think, I, I, I think you'll be an idiot and you'll really be naive to what's going on if you don't put him in the greatest of all time conversation. But like I said before, I think he has a lot more work to do to get there. And I I think Miami's going to have to make some more smart moves this off season in order to get them a third team. I think they got to bulk up. I think they need another big, if not two quality bigs. Um, that that can bang and, and and that can play physical tough basketball, and I think if they do that, and and LeBron continues to get better and Wade gets healthy, because he wasn't even healthy this series or, or or this year realistically, I it's scary. I think it's I think that three peat is very very possible. So a lot a lot is going into this man a lot a lot more than more than what I think. The 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 NBA average NBA fan is is seeing and realizing right now, and and I think it's it's fine. Well, what you said, Jay, is interesting. You know, I think the whole and Tommy, I want to get your reaction to that because it sounds like Jay, you gave the LeBron Wade kind of like the Kobe Shaq treatment, where people would say, you know, Kobe's got to win one without Shaq. Is that and I think I think it's I would have to agree honestly. I mean I, that's why I brought up the whole you know if Wade is gonna as long as they're teammates Wade will always have one more. Uh, Tommy, what do you what do you think about that? I think it's, it's interesting because it reminds me of like the Kobe Shaq dynamic there. You know, the that is interesting. And but the difference is that um, like when I made that comparison between Kobe, Mike, and LeBron at 28 years old. I mentioned the fact that Kobe had three rings and zero finals MVPs. These two finals MVPs with both of them together are are, LeBron, are in LeBron's hands. It's almost like he's the Shaq if you're going to make that comparison. But um, I wanted to go back to something that, that Jay actually said about the whole team aspect. I mean, there, there's been other champions that, you know, where a, a guy like a Steve Kerr or, you know, Derek Fisher or Robert Ory, you know, guys contribute and make huge shots that aren't weren't the Kobe's and Michael Jordan's. So, 
yes, it was a team effort, but you know, there's one there's one Finals MVP, and you know, LeBron didn't do anything that should have stripped him from that that accolade and that that award. So I, I feel, I mean, his teammates deserve the utmost credit. You know, you can't take away from you know what his teammates have done, and that's what you need in today's game. I feel like we'll we'll never see a team where there's an Allen Iverson or even a Kobe, a Brun, I mean, um, an Allen Iverson or a LeBron James in Cleveland that's going to take his team single-handedly to the finals. I don't think we'll ever see it again. So you need that team aspect. And um, a couple other points I wanted to point out. To, I saw a stat. It's, um, there's only been three other teams that have appeared in, appeared in the finals four years in a row, and that's that will be what Miami's trying to accomplish with Losing in Dallas the, uh, the the first year they were together, yeah. and that was It'd be the fourth Phil, trip to the finals. Yeah, the Bill Russell Celtics, the Showtime Lakers, and Larry Bird Celtics were the only teams to ever go to the finals four straight years in a row. I think um, I, I don't know if the, this website I was checking was actually uh, all the way accurate because didn't uh, Kobe and Shaq go to the finals four years in a row, and they lost the one year to to the uh, Pistons. That was their fourth year in a row, right? I'm not, I'm not 100% positive on that, but I think they went four years in a row too. But um, and yeah, I do agree that they have to retool. And I read something else saying that Greg Oden is a possible signing for them because he he's looking to make a comeback to the NBA. So that's a guy who will be beefing up the the inside, which they surely need, and they can't keep relying on LeBron James to to play every position on the floor. So they definitely have to look in that area. But um, as far as LeBron and Dwayne Wade. Uh, going back to the original question, he's the Shaq if you're going to make that that comparison that he has to win one without without Wade. But how could you? How could he be Shaq if Dwayne Wade already had a ring before LeBron? Like Dwayne, you can't together, say that he's Shaq together, because you say that Dwayne Wade has to win one without LeBron, but he already did that. I'm I'm just talking in terms of when they're on the same team. Who who had who wins the who's seen as the MVP of the of the series, who's seen as the MVP of the, you know what I mean, of the final. I see, I see what, what you mean, saying, but I'm not sure that's relevant. Won. Like, I think it's more about the championship. Like, it's about the actual title. It's about, because Kobe and Shaq won titles together. Those were their first championships together. And then Shaq went to Miami, won, won one in Miami, and then Kobe was left, you know, obviously the dark ages with Chris Mim and, and Smush Parker, and the big critique was he's got to win one without Shaq. He won all his championships with Shaq. LeBron has won all his championships with Dwayne Wade. I think that's that's the more relevant issue. This isn't the Dwayne Wade of that finals of 2000, 2006, though. This that was a Dwayne Wade averaging thirty five, you know, seven and seven. That you know. Yeah, I mean that awesome, that was that was Dwayne Wade of his of. I mean, yeah, exactly. But still, he was he was more Dwayne accomplished Wade than LeBron was. Yeah, and Dwayne Wade can't be that Dwayne Wade anymore because of LeBron. He could show flashes of it, but he doesn't have that type of freedom. He doesn't get that many shots anymore. And and and, and I'm not and I'm not saying and I think that's the right way to go because LeBron is a better player than Dwayne Wade. He should. I'm very very much a believer that you can have two very very good players on your team. But there, there's one of them that separates himself at some point and shows that they are the more important piece to the puzzle, and and they should get the freedom to 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 be the lead role. And Dwayne Wade is 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 
crazy as it may seem to people, he was able to humble himself and say, okay, this guy is better than me. He's younger than me. I'll let him take that role, and I will and I will be Robin. And he's okay with being Robin because he's winning championships. So so all right. So so Tommy, if the so Heat go on, if the Heat go on, if the Heat go on with LeBron and Wade, and say they win three more together, so right. Wade will be at six, LeBron will be at five. <laughs> wait wait. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm for real though, for real though, for real though. Kobe doesn't win anymore. Wade gets six. LeBron gets five. So we'll have Kobe and LeBron with five. We'll have Wade and Mike with six, <laughs> and we'll obviously have you know still Russell with eleven, and random people like Robert Ory with seven. Like and then it'll be and then and then that's how it's gonna shake out. So like I, I I do think I do think for LeBron to get the type of validity that will merit a greatest player of all time type thing, I think he's gonna have to get one without Dwayne Wade. And if he gets one without Dwayne Wade, and I'm not saying he can't bring in somebody they can't bring in somebody else younger that that can play just as well and be a wingman for for LeBron cuz he'll need it. So I'm not I'm not I'm not saying that they that he has to win it with his Cleveland team, but I'm saying if he wins a championship and Dwayne Wade is not on the Miami Heat roster, that for me the 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 conversation is over. And, you think Dwayne Wade can win I, I need I What's up? You think are you saying that to say you think Dwayne Wade can win one on his own as well. He did. He already that, did. He did. I mean, after this quick. Cause this, he did. No, no, Tommy, Tommy, Tommy. He. So the fact that he no, won one by just, himself. Me, that, me and Lawrence just up. looked up. Me and Lawrence just looked up that the 2006 finals numbers. It was like they 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 lost their first two games and then they won four straight, which right. is absolutely remarkable. Wade in those four games. 46, 43, like um, in in consecutive joints, not, 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 not 46, 26, 43, 46, 43, 44, 39, like wowing out. He won a ring by himself. There's no argument there. He may have had Shaq, but Shaq's number in those finals were, 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 were nothing compared to what Dwayne Wade was doing. So Dwayne Wade has won one by himself, and now he's with LeBron, and he's he's always going to be one more than LeBron right now. So like how how do we how do we how do we bump LeBron to a greatest player of all time type argument? And based on the numbers, it makes sense. But how do we bump him there when the guy that he's winning him with will always have one more than him? It's just it's an interesting me, question of who needs who more. It, se- it seems exactly. like that's where I'm. That's exactly. what I'm trying to get at. I, I think I think like as, as it stands right now, Dwayne Wade certainly needs LeBron for health issues. He's getting older. Obviously, at this stage, he wouldn't be able to do what he did in 2006, Tommy. I mean, it's, that was seven years ago. But still, I mean, but but LeBron came to my LeBron came to Dwayne Wade, not the other way around. I mean, it was a recruiting process, sure, but LeBron went to 
Dwayne Wade, who had already won the finals, who had already done what he was still trying to do. So it's, I, I think that dynamic, I think that's why we're talking about it. The dynamic is, is certainly an interesting thing to consider. But you guys want to see him go back to Cleveland, basically. <laughs> I don't know if I want to see I, no. him go back to Cleveland, but I tell you what, if he ever went back to Cleveland, I would be a fan, and 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 I would be and I would be I would be behind him. And if he won a ring in Cleveland, forget about it. I I I really think if he and and this is this is fairy tale stuff because I don't think he'll ever go back to Cleveland. But if he yeah, were to go back to him. Cleveland. If he if he had won a ring in Cleveland and then came to Miami, then this then this conversation is is totally different. But he did it, right. and Dwayne Wade had won a ring by himself. He won a ring by himself. And you could say you know Mike had Scotty, but Mike when nah, it was came hey. down when it came when it came down to it, Mike was the guy. Mike in every single finals. He Scotty Scotty is a Hall of Famer because of Mike. Exactly. Like that's how and it Dwayne is. Wade, Wade is not a Wade is not a Hall of Famer because of LeBron. That's not it. Kobe is not a Hall of Famer because of Shaq. That's not it. It's it, it we you you can't stress it enough. I really think you can't. And it's not hate. It's it's certainly not hate. It's it's facts. It's it's facts. It's what facts. it is. It's what it is. See, see what my problem is here. You said that uh, you know. When people were so adamant about Kobe winning one by himself, I was always looking at it like if they ever stayed together, Kobe would be at six, seven, eight, possibly eight right now. You, you know, I feel like I don't know why that had to be such a why is that such a big deal if it, you know in terms of of a player's greatness. I don't know if that's well, because, true. I don't know if that's true because because Shaq even when Shaq went to Miami the next year, he was he was a effective and he was still Shaq but he wasn't he he wasn't LA circa 2000 Shaq that literally was the most dominant player in the game he wasn't Wade is still arguably when he's healthy Wade is still at his at his prime we see we've seen him he dropped 35 in a playoff game this year and he's pouring champagne on his knees because he's thanking them for keeping him going that's how bad he's not there he's not there it's going to be scary if ever LeBron and Wade fully have a healthy season more so Wade Wade playing fully Wade basketball at a high level, healthy. That is going to be terrifying. That's what that's what I want people to understand. Dwayne Wade was on his way to being in a hall a Hall of Fame player before LeBron came to town. LeBron Wade kind of could just sit back and be like, "Yo, big up, dog. I ain't got to do that much work, and I'm still getting it, <laughs> and I'm still getting it." So, uh, I, I, I did. So then. Sorry, Jay. No, go ahead. Go ahead, Molly. I, I just wanted to uh, – I looked up the stat for you, Tommy, before. Um, the stat that you said is actually correct. The Lakers, if you remember, they won those three straight up until the 2002 finals. Uh, they won that 2002 finals against the Nets. But the following season, they lost to the San Antonio Spurs in the second round. And then they ended up uh, – it was the following season, the 03-04 season, when they brought in Carl Malone and Gary Payton. 
and went on to lose to Detroit in the final. So it wasn't four consecutive trips for them. Yeah, it was that one year, the o two o three season. They lost to uh, San Antonio in the second round, so it was it wasn't four consecutive. Very impressive. Very impressive. If Miami, if Miami goes to another, goes to the final again next year, and let's say this happens, let's say LeBron, another league MVP, which is very, very, very possible, another NBA championship, very possible, and another Finals MVP, very possible. Three peat, dominate for three years, Finals MVP for three years. Okay, then now we have a conversation. <laughs> Now we can talk. Now now we can talk. Now he's done it. I feel like that'll be enough for you to talk. But I think even with three, he gets into that Larry Bird type type talk. I think he gets in, and I'm not even saying Kobe's above Larry Bird. But I think if he gets three, he gets into that Larry Bird type talk. I just think you've got to have four to be in the conversation with Mike, dog. You have to have four. You have to have four four finals MVPs, you have to have more than four regular season MVPs, and you need four chips to be able to talk about Michael, Jeffrey, Jordan in the same conversation with you. That That is the bottom, bottom line. Because if we if you want to make that conversation happen, then it's Wade, more so than LeBron, that you can make an argument for. Thank you. I still, like I still can't agree with that though. I still can't. I just can't. Man, it, with the setup, as he was 28 years old, 28 years old, he has more rings than than Mike did at 28. That that's the comparison I make. I'm not saying, and I acknowledge the fact. But that Mike, but Mike, but Mike, but Mike went to college for for two years, two years, three years, mm-hmm. two years, three years. So we can we three, can we three, can, three right? years, right? I think he went all four. I think no, no, he didn't go four. No, I wasn't he all left four. early. Did he go all four? I don't think no. I don't, he left early. Mike Mike left early. He either left after his sophomore or junior year. He left after the year after the shot, right? After the shot against against Georgetown, he left after that no, year, right? I don't I don't think so because I think that's when he was a freshman. So oh, I, he, right. he, Mike right. Mike Mike was that's either in in college for two maybe three years. So like that stat is amazing, no no doubt. What he's done this early is absolutely. Amazing, amazing, but Kobe had but but Kobe had three rings before he was twenty eight. But zero Finals MVPs, zero league MVPs. But 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 is it about Finals MVPs? Is that is that what it's about? It's not. It's about it's about winning. Wade is still winning chips and will always have more chips than LeBron. And and I don't think coming down the line we're gonna talk about Finals MVPs. I don't think we're gonna talk. I don't think we're gonna talk about Finals MVP. I think yeah, the Finals that, MVPs mattered for people who said that Kobe had to win without Shaq because Shaq was the most dominant player probably ever, and he, I mean, seemingly stole those from Kobe just because he was, I mean, he was the most dominant player on the floor when he played, and so I think that's that is what kind of geared up the whole. Well, you know, if Kobe's gonna be, you know, one of the greats. He's got to start being a Finals MVP. He's got to start being the centerpiece of of a championship team, and I, I think that's where that kind of came from. Yeah, and 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 I'm not like, and I'm not even. I don't. I've I've never made the argument that Kobe 
was better than Mike. I've never made that argument. I've never. Only thing I've said, or the only thing I've ever felt, and I don't know if I've expressed it on the show, is that I would like to see Kobe get six. But even with six, I don't think Kobe is touching Mike. Even with six. He's in the he he's in the argument because he's he's plus four, <laughs> but like I, even if Kobe gets six, I don't I still don't feel like you can make that argument with Mike. Even Mike was Mike. Him, Mike Mike was Mike was Mike. If he passes him up, that's a de- that's that's different. If Kobe wins two more, if Kobe gets to seven, if Kobe gets to seven. Regardless of how six. It, six will be hard enough. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and that's what I'm saying. But if 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 Kobe gets to seven, you know, that would be. I, what, I, if he, what, if, what if he just passes? That would him be up. monumental. I mean, what if he just what if he just gets six and passes him up on the all time scoring list? Which he 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 is going to pass him on the all time. Which he scoring. will. He's going to pass. He him. he he. he no, that that's that's not an if. That's going to happen. He's so going to pass like, Mike. I feel like you could make an argument there with with Kobe and Mike. You could. I think the argument is worth having at that point. I definitely exactly, think. exactly. That's what I'm saying. Let's let LeBron get to that point where 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 the argument is valid. I think if you ask, I, I think yo know, Kobe, did you guys did anybody see? I, I meant to put this this article, or maybe I even saw it. Yeah, Tommy put it up in the Facebook collective uh, in our Facebook collective page. Um, an article about Kobe Bryant naming his top five. Did you guys did, yeah. did you were you able to see that? And he said Jabbar, he said Magic, he said Mike, he said Bird, and Russell. Bill Russell, I believe. Yeah. Yeah, and Russell. Okay, so we have Russell eleven. We have Jabbar with four, I believe. Magic has five. Four. I think. Five for Magic. For uh, Kareem. No, six actually six. Kareem. Kareem has six. Wow. Yeah, okay. So eleven. I think Russell, it was one or two with Milwaukee. So eleven, even worse. Eleven for Russell, <laughs> six for Mike, six for Kareem, three for Bird, and I think four for Magic. Five okay, for so so and five for that. Right. All right, it's looking to come on. You, you get out of all everywhere you want to, but <laughs> that's just making it worse. I'm telling you, yo, we like this conversation with LeBron is premature. It's premature. Not that I think that this man has any slowdown or let up in him. I'm the last person to think that this shit isn't gonna continue. Excuse my language. I I I, I don't think. I'm the last person that thinks that this is going to not continue. I think it's scary. I think his potential is absolutely frightening. But he's not there yet. That's my point. So, like, I think the... the you could say he's in the Hall of Fame now. Fine. Okay, yeah. Most two-time champions, the four-time league MVPs, two-time playoff MVPs, if, if, that, if, if that, you know, that's a, another one. He's in the Hall of Fame. Is he in the conversation with Mike? No. No. I think he's. I think I think he's still in the introductory page of his thesis. I think he's still at the beginning of his of his body of work. That's what I'm. That, that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm, it's 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 a little premature. It's a little premeditated to just say, 
okay, yeah, LeBron's the greatest of all time, or he's one of the greatest of all time. He's he's not yet. He still has work to do. Okay, he's two and four in the finals. He's fifty percent in the finals. You need to get up over fifty percent for me to have a conversation with a man that went to six, six won six. six Never played in a game six, a game seven. Never had to go to a game seven. Six finals MVPs. Thirty a game in the finals. Come on. Six rings. Two separate Come dynasties. On, he won three. He took two years off, and then he came back and said, "I, I, I forgot something. <laughs> Let me. <laughs> I forgot something. Let me pick three more up. I forgot something." <laughs> Oh, I, I I forgot I, I'm I'm the greatest, so I'm I'm gonna come back and win three more. You have LeBron's not he can't talk like that. He can't flex like that yet. It's, he, he can't. So until he can, until he can, let's be respectful to him and give him time to get there. All right, that that's the mature route that I'm going. Let's. Let's give him time. Let's give him time to get there before we throw him in the Michael Jordan fire. Okay? It took Kobe a long time to be thrown in that fire. He fought to be yeah. thrown in that fire. He emulated Mike to be so he he basically trans tried to transform himself into Michael Jordan to be in that fire. Okay? Let's give LeBron a chance to get into that type of heat. He's not in that heat yet. He's not in that heat yet. He's just not. On that note, gentlemen, if there aren't any final thoughts, we've got to get to our first commercial break. But um, any final thoughts before we go to break? I would just say LeBron's not in that fire yet, but he's doing a little two steps. He's doing a little two step outside that <laughs> ring of fire. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I agree. Yeah. I, agree Tom. I agree, Tom. I agree, Tom. Sure. We would definitely we have to agree on that for sure. Um, good stuff, gentlemen. Uh, as always, you can check out. Um, Thoughts, notes, all kinds of cool stuff on our basketball blog, basketballfeed.blogspot.com. And our very own Jason Reels will have um, some NBA draft profiles. The NBA draft is going on next week, next Saturday. I'm sure we'll be discussing that here on the show. Uh, Jay will have uh, some cool draft profiles and stuff you need to know for the NBA draft. I'll come up on our blog for next week. So look out for that. We're going to go to our first commercial break and come back and talk some music, the collective. Oh. Rafika Consultants and Services, LLC, is on the cutting edge of emerging technologies for designing online classes and providing face-to-face and virtual technology training or help with computer programs, web design, and graphic arts. We also provide biography writing services for websites. For more information, give us a call at 631-399-0149. That's 631-399-0149. The Fluffs present the alphabet. Now found in paperback, sporting a five-star rating on Amazon.com. Boone 107, fashions and gifts that bring out the best in you. Boone 107 is an online retail store featuring women's and men's clothing and the gift shop. The woman's shop features stylish tunics, suits, and accessories, and offers the well-dressed woman an outlet to find the perfect gift for self or for someone else. The men's shop offers classy French cuffed shirts for the well-dressed man. The gift shop offers organic skin, hair, bath accessories, and inspirational music imported from Africa, India, and Asia, as well as 
Our what we hear bumper. You should know what time it is by now. It is time for our weekly segment of what we hear, uh, loosely based on our music blog, whatwehear.blogspot.com, where we review music and put up cool songs and leaks and all kinds of other cool stuff in music. Um, what we do on here, what we do here on the show each week, is our co-host share uh, what we've been listening to, what's been on our playlist this week. Um, as well as any live callers or listeners, which we encourage to call in and share with us what you've been listening to, what's on your playlist, and what you've been hearing. Um, I guess I'll start us off for today. Um, we'll get into our, our, our main discussion uh, for this segment in a little bit with, uh, with Kanye, but I would be remiss and uh, just a flat-out liar if I said I wasn't listening to um, Kanye West's new album all this past week. Um, for many reasons, one of which to have a better, at least try to gain a better understanding of my feelings about it. Um, so uh, obviously, so we could come back and talk about it on the show uh, today. But I, I've certainly um, done more absorbing of the album. Um, songs have grown on me. I've, I've kind of developed my own little philosophy on it, and I've got a better grasp on it. Um, Again, a couple of songs that I'm really um, um, really feeling um, maybe a little more than others, but again, we'll get into Kanye and the album in a little bit. But uh, Jesus has been on, uh, on, on a consistent repeat this past week. Um, switch it up to um, a little R&B, I, I guess. Um, I was listening to Kelly Rowland's new album this week, um, Talk a Good Game. And I guess I have a soft spot for female R&B guys because I feel like it's so lost in a sense. I mean, you kind of have Beyonce and, you know, Rihanna, if you even want to consider her R&B anymore, but you have them kind of just floating around in the upper echelon, and you've got, you know, your Keisha Coles and your Carrie Hilsons and, your, you know, just kind of just out here miscellaneously and your Sierras and, you know, not really doing anything that impactful, at least to me from what I've been hearing for female R&B. And uh, Kelly Rowland's new album, I really do like her vibe. I like um, her approach. She really comes with kind of like a gutter attitude, um, but it's very mellow. It's uh, very lush, and I think she, I think she has a good sound. She's got some really good records on there, um, some upbeat stuff, some good, you know, love songs. I think her album is actually um, a very good thing just for female R&B in general. Um, so her Talk a Good Game album I've also been tuned into. And um, lastly, uh, a kid named Vince Staples. I, um, I, don't, I didn't take the time to actually look him up. I think somebody might know more about him than I do, uh, but I know he has certain affiliations with Odd Future um, and, and some other camps that we, that we know about. But uh, he just dropped a new mixtape yesterday called Stolen Youth, which I've been listening to. Um, very interesting and very cool sound. Um, really in-depth, like, real cool drum patterns. Um, I love his delivery. He's got good features from Ab Soul, who I think he uses really well on a song called Kill 'Em All, um, or Killing Y'all, rather. Um, really cool record. I think he uses Ab Soul 
in a way that he should be used. Um, a, a Mac Miller feature also, which I think is cool, um, but just just a very uh, different sound, something really cool that I that I kind of latched onto. I had never heard of Ben Staples before, but um, I, I heard about the tape and I downloaded it and I've listened and I, I've really been enjoying that. So uh, from me, Vince Staples, Kelly Rowland, and Yiza. Um, I'll kick it over to Lawrence. Uh, Lawrence, bless us with your playlist this week. What have you been hearing? Well, I'll start off with uh, the same point you started off with, Yeezus. We we kind of touched on it a little bit, and, and I know we'll get into some more Kanye in a bit. But um, I, we were we were pretty much confused last week by the time we had actually heard it. I mean, if you if you were around in the in the music realm, you know it it only leaked last Friday afternoon. So by the time we were actually on the air on Saturday, it, I only had a good maybe 12 hours to really, really listen to it and get into it, and I wasn't able to really, really do that. Obviously, I can't just sit around and listen to Yay all day, even though I'd like to. But this week, I really got a chance to, to kind of dig into the album a lot more, and, and I'm really feeling it, man. I, I At first, I wasn't, and, and I had some doubts, and I still do have some doubts. It certainly isn't the best thing we've ever gotten from Kanye, but it's far from the worst as well. And, and I, I really got into um, Send It Up. He has a really cool feature from the kid King Al. Martin said he wasn't really into it at first, but it, it, that I think that's a cool verse. I think it, the way he uses other people, it, it always ends up, like complimenting his sound to the maximum and and I think that that's really cool and I like Kid Cudi at the end of Guilt Trip I'm not a huge fan of the song itself but I like Kid Cudi at the end of Guilt Trip like and that's a good example of what I said where I'm like he he uses other people to be able to bring out the best in himself kind of and it's pretty cool but um speaking of Cudi the other thing I listened to this week a lot was about what it was it maybe two months ago Kid Cudi dropped his latest album called Indicut and I I don't I don't necessarily recall seeing a whole lot about the album in terms of reviews and and things of that nature but I've listened to it a lot this week and kind of really gone through it and it is through and through a fantastic album like I I absolutely love Indicut and and that would kind of be my recommendation for the week. If you haven't gotten a chance to get into Indica, get, get into a few of the songs. I mean, Cuddy writes some of the coolest melodies you'll hear, and, it, and it's, his sound is certainly his own, and it's, and it's very cool. And, I mean, he, I, I do love the fact that he is billed as the producer on every single song on the album. That That, that means a lot to me. We talked about that a few weeks ago, but like I said, that kind of pretty much means that Everything that we're hearing on the album is is directly from Kid Cudi's brain, and and it's really cool. I mean, he, it's really intricate beats. He, I mean, he, he does a lot. He does a lot in it, and I think he he said that he was kind of using this album to propel his uh, production career, and and he kind of like brought in a bunch of other rappers to be able to kind of you know, fill in the blanks. And I think the it, who he brought in, like I said about Kanye, like the greats are able to bring in guys that are going to bring out the best in them and make them sound really good. And and he brought in some good guys. The song with Kendrick, he has Solo Dolo Part 2 is really cool. The song with King Chip, his his brother, I guess. <laughs> Realistically, he's a, wherever you see King Chip, there's, or wherever you see Cuddy, King Chip is, is close following. 
But uh, the song Brothers He Has with King Chip and ASAP Rocky is really cool. I mean, the songs that he has by himself, they're all I like. I'm I'm struggling to find a bad song on the album, and 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 that's when you know it's a really really good one. So if you haven't gotten a chance to get into Indica, get into it. It's really really good. I mean, it's it's sonically it's 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 really really cool. I mean, it's it's a, it's very different from your typical hip hop album. I mean, realistically, I don't even know if you can necessarily consider Kid Cudi a hip hop artist, but he I I mean no, you could, but at the same time he. He he does a good job at creating his own sound and and it's just really really cool music. So, Indicud Kid Cudi, Jesus is also very good. I don't understand what people are talking about when they say it sucks because they suck. It's a good album. Give it a listen. There's 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 some bangers on there. There's some stuff on there that's the reason that we like Kanye. So, yep that that that's been my week of listening. Good stuff. T Hill, what you been listening to this week, man? Um, I downloaded Wale to get the, the the stream, but unfortunately it was the, the edited version, so I, I didn't get a chance to really get into that album like I wanted to. So I guess I got to wait for the explicit leak because I, I refuse to listen to it any other way. Um, <clears throat> actually just listened to a pretty dope freestyle, uh, Drake and J. Cole's Jodeci freestyle this morning that just was, uh, was leaked this morning. It, it, it's smooth, man. Um, Drizzy, Drizzy, and J Cole, they they completely ripped this ripped this beat, and I really like what they did on this track. Definitely, I mean, yeah, I feel like everybody on the panel is gonna like. But um, I, I I'm trying to I'm trying to stray away from the overall the the, the massive topic of Kanye West Jesus, but with the up and down emotions that I've been going through with NBA Finals and between work, there was nothing that that aided to my to my you know clarity, if you want to say, because of all these insanity my emotions going back and forth. This Jesus album just completely, you know, it embodied everything I was feeling this entire week. And <laughs> the song um, "Blood on the Leaves," which is actually, um, actually, uh, yeah, the "Blood on My Leaves," which is actually uh, a Billie Holiday sample, uh, "Strange Fruit," which my mother sent to me to take a listen to. And it's a really deep, when you hear the actual song by Billie Holiday, it, that song in itself is about, it's about slavery, it's about, it's about um, you know, inequality. It's, it's a very, very deep song. And when I realized that that was the sample that was used for Blood on the Leaf, it, it gave me a much deeper appreciation for what Kanye did and how he put that song kind of together with the, the way it starts off very, very, very calm, and then he just hits you hard with the, with the um, then 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 I mean I'm not I can't say the lyrics, but you know it, that that song is just it's one of those songs that just grabs you, man, and the whole album really does does that as well, I believe, because with all the instrumentals and and, and the way he put these some of these songs together, but I got to go back to some Martin said last week. It, it's definitely not Kanye's best. Um, in terms, I could see where Kanye fans are a little upset in, in terms of lyricism because it's it's not as far from his best work. It's more it's more easier listening Kanye, which I I guess it kind of that rubs people the wrong way. But um, this album is one of the more creative albums I think I've ever heard in in, in my listening years of, of what I appreciate in terms of overall music. So yeah, this Jesus album, and we're gonna get into it after this, but you know, it, it's 
it's it's kind of kind of blowing me away a little bit. Um, yeah, going back to uh, your Drake your Drake reference, he uh, he obviously released those four songs uh, late last night. Just I guess just because he felt like it, along with the release date for his album Nothing Was the Same, which will come out uh, November or September seventeenth uh, this year, rather. Um, so uh, Drake obviously coming back onto the scene. Uh, Jay Reels, why don't you bless us with what's been on your playlist this week? <clears throat> so, uh, yeah, not to not to be boring, but uh, I, I've I've also had the the opportunity to dig into Jesus uh, a little more, um, starting to really really enjoy it for for what it is um which I wasn't expecting it to be at first and 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 that's why I was a little little critical of it when I on my first reaction but my playlist has been a little little all over the place this week I I've, I've been digging for things to get back into or 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 picking up new things but a couple two songs uh in particular uh, from our, our friend J. Cole on the Born Center album. He has a song called Land of Snakes, and it is tremendous, at least in my opinion. Um, I love the beat. It's a mellow 1990s De La Soul-esque uh, hip-hop beat um, that I that I just I really enjoy the production on it and his verses and his wordplay and the cleverness of it, I, I just, it's a great, great song. It's a riding down, summer day, sunglasses on, windows down, music loud, you know, smooth, swaggling behind the wheel, you just cruising, it's one of those type songs. So, um, I've been really enjoying that. And, uh, alright, so my random, my random listen, um, has been from another R&B solstress, maybe the smoothest R&B solstress, and that's 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 the impeccable Miss Sade. Uh, I downloaded uh, "Kiss of yes. Life" uh, yes. earlier this week, and uh, that is also, even though you know you wouldn't roll through no hood with it bumping in your wheel or nothing like that. But it's it's also one of those mellow, super cool, super smooth, chilling joints just to ride to. Uh, I I I had it playing in the car a few times, and and she's just too smooth, man. She 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 she, she just she she swags out everything that she's ever been on, and and she she's often underrated and 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 overlooked and and any other words that can describe being undervalued um, in this whole R&B spectrum as far as some of the better or, or greatest, you know, R&B singers of all time. I think Sade has to be in that conversation um, at some point. Um, so just so smooth, just just so clean. Her voice is, 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 everybody knows that has listened to her, is as different of a voice that you're ever going to hear. And she just brings it, man. And I, and, I, and I downloaded the Kiss of Life joint, which I've, I've rocked with for, for years and years and years. I just decided to buy it on iTunes. 
um, just because I was just in the mood to listen to it. I don't know. Sometimes I just I, I just need to hear something different, and and you know I'm a, I'm I am a pretty solid R&B guy, and you know I, I I listened to a little Lauren Hill this week as well, but the Sade Kiss of Life joint really really I had to I had to have it on repeat a few times because. She just killed that, yo. She just killed that. She she killed that joint. No question there. So uh, good, very good summer, cool track. Um, really, really kind of enjoyed bumping it in the wheel a little bit this week. So it was dope. Very cool, very cool. Um, everything from Kanye to Kid Cudi to Sade. Um, that is certainly. <laughs> The beauty of our "What We Hear" segment, um, a broad a broad spectrum of uh, of listening experiences, and that's why we do it. That's the beauty of it, and that's what that's what music is all about, and that's what we try to embody here on the collective. Um, to segue here into our into really our our two kind of our two key topics, and they seemingly go hand in hand, but I want to try and uh, treat them individually. Um, as they both deserve uh, the proper tenure, um, Kanye West and the Yeezus album. Um, we all four of us have obviously mentioned it from our "What We Hear" segment, what we've been listening to this week. Uh, Lawrence referenced our episode last week when we came together and tried to kind of express our initial reactions since the leak did come out um, that Friday, as Lawrence noted. Um, Obviously, we didn't. We only had not even 24 hours, really, less than that, to kind of try and uh, establish our reactions and uh, form opinions, just generally and initially. And we've since had um, a week's time. Each of us mentioned it, and what we've been listening to this week. Um, I'm sure we've all seen and heard and uh, experienced all kinds of different opinions. And I'll, from that, I will say that I think my initial thought, um, I, I stand by and I couldn't, and I, and I think it's, it, uh, it holds true now more than ever, and that when I said that this album was the most controversial since 808s and Heartbreaks, um, I, I have seen that with my own two eyes. Uh, guys, this Kanye album... Ha, is has has been and still is splitting Kanye fans. It's splitting Kanye fans and it's splitting non-Kanye fans. And I, again, I, I'm seeing it before my very eyes. I was at a get together last night in Harlem, and um, the person whose house I was at chose to put on a couple of songs from Jesus. Now she chose to put on Blood on the Leaves and New Slaves. Um, two songs that are obviously more, you know, upbeat songs that you would want to play in kind of a, a live atmosphere. Um, but it, it, it you almost felt the tension because you saw people that were that really didn't want to hear it that to the point where they walked into the other room, and you had your a, a small group of people that kind of came together and said, you know what, we do like this. We're rocking out to this. And I, I literally have not seen such tension since 808s and Heartbreaks. I will never forget when Heartbreaks came out and, and the, just the, the conflict. Um, and obviously it was a different dynamic because 808s and Heartbreaks was, was after the passing of Kanye's mother and he chose to 
obviously the auto-tune and the 808 sound was part of the music side of it, but in terms of the, the concepts, it was it was vulnerable and it was, it you know, he was singing on the whole thing. He wasn't even rapping. It was, it was very different from what we were accustomed to. And and it split people, and I was part of the, the, the group of people that enjoyed 808 so much for what it was, and I really grew to love it as an album. Um, but I think we're seeing something very similar here with Yeeza in that um, – it, it, it has people conflicted. People like certain songs and don't like other songs. I mean, I've talked with Lawrence and Jason and Tommy, all three of you, a lot this week. And even between us, I was sitting with Lawrence listening to some songs uh, earlier last week, and there you know, a couple songs that I like that she doesn't like that much. There are songs that we both kind of like. There are songs that he likes that I don't feel that much. So it's... it's and, and that's something I think to, you know, to open up the discussion um, for me the biggest critique and I guess the biggest issue for me as someone who is a big Kanye fan is that I understand why people don't gravitate towards it. I guess I kind of see not its flaws, but I see where where it would kind of fly over some people's heads. And that bothers me because, listen, when I talk to, and I don't know if this has happened yet, I pray it never does, but it's someone who, if someone were to walk up to me and say that My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy was a bad album, I, I, would, I, would, I would completely discount their opinion as a music critic instantly, and I would feel completely warranted in telling them that they're a complete fool because there is no disputing the greatness of that album. The, the, music, the music of the album, the messages through each song, um, to me, really epitomize the greatness of Kanye West. Uh, it's not that it, that's not the case for this album, guys, and and it bothers me to a point where you know I think about and again I want to get into you know where you guys kind of rank this amongst the other albums, but it you know it, it's making it tough for me to and Jay said it last week and again it was just an initial reaction, but I, I don't know Jay I don't I'm I'm not sure I'm at the point yet where I'm able to bring Jesus up from the bottom of the barrel. I'm sorry I. I uh, to be honest with you, and, and I, I think I'm going to get some flack from Lawrence about this because Lawrence has, has has preached to me and had to really force late registration on me and, and really, like, introduce the greatness of late registration to me like I never did before. But I think late registration might be the only album so far that, I've, that I'm, I might feel comfortable putting Jesus uh, past in terms of going from the bottom up. Uh, I, it's... It's difficult for me. It's difficult for anyone, I'm sure, to rank, you know, the Kanye album. But um, I don't know. What do you What do you guys think? Where, you know, what are your thoughts on ranking this amongst the other Kanye albums? Um, for me, for me, in the last week, it may have it may have eclipsed 808s and Heartbreaks uh, in my in my in my top Kanye list. I think it I think it 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 it, it passed 808s and heartbreaks um mainly because for for actually for it's pretty simple because he's rapping on some of these songs as opposed to mm. auto-tune singing on every track like he was on 808 even though I think 808s and heartbreaks are just it, it, it's a powerful powerful album and for it for for Jesus to be one over that absolutely just shows the brilliance of Kanye West. So and, and so it's not it's not a knock 
on Kanye, and it's not a knock on 808s that I'm putting Jesus above it. It just it's just a testament to how complete his body of work has been up to this point. So for me, ranking solo albums, I, I'm not gonna put Watch the Throne in there for for as far yeah. as Kanye albums for me. Um, I'm yeah. not gonna put the Cruel Summer. Uh, yeah. album in there because that would be dead last in my opinion and that's the least Kanye out of all of them so um, I'm not going to do that in all fairness but if I had to rank them if I had to rank them I would probably go I would probably go drop out late registration my beautiful dark twisted fantasy graduation Jesus Eight oh eight. I I just think his first I I think his first two albums, um, I think his first two albums were perfect. I think they were perfect hip hop albums. It's when he was rapping. It's when he was rapping with a purpose. It, it it's when I feel like his project his production was the most soulful, the most the most hip hop like. Um, I'm just I'm just an early Kanye fan more than a late Kanye fan, but I'm still a very very much so a Kanye fan because of the early work. So um, that's that that's how I would that's how I would look at it. But Jesus Jesus is certainly holding its own, and it's it's certainly above average. I mean, <laughs> it's still one of the best hip hop albums that we're gonna get this year, and and I don't doubt that. Um, but to think or to even say that it's better than a late registration or a college dropout or a, a dark twist of fantasy. I just think, I just think that, I, I think that's preposterous. I think that's absolutely preposterous. And, and even graduation, I don't think it's better than graduation at all. Um, and for me, that's, that's personal opinion, but that's because I feel like the rapping in those albums were supreme. And he's not rapping as much on Jesus as I would like, and or as I would have expected, and and it's fine because it's still terrific. But I'm a hip hop Kanye fan. I, I like the rapper in Kanye. Um, I like the socially conscious Kanye. I love the the soulful production through the wire type beats Kanye. So that's that's where my that's where my loyalty lies. Um, but nevertheless, Jesus, Jesus is uh, Jesus is very, very good. It, it is it's very good. Yeah, it almost comes down to which uh, which Kanye you prefer. I know I was talking with Lawrence the other day, and Complex Magazine did their own did their rankings of Kanye's albums, and um, I, I think the way they did it because I went on their site and saw that they had each individual staffer it was about six or seven people. Uh, rank that had their own individual rankings of Kanye's album, and I think the way they did the full one for the for collectively for the website, I think they picked kind of like the majority, uh, you know, whoever had what the most at, at number one, and going all the way down to to uh, six. Um, and, and and it was an interesting list. I, I'm going to bring it up. I don't have it in front of me now, uh, but I, I do. I think. Jay, even what I said before, because I think there's a, a, an important distinction, at least for me, the way I see it, in in your favorite albums versus the best. I don't think a lot of times, like, uh, my favorite player 
right now is still Kobe Bryant. But I can honestly say that he's not the best. Well, I'm pushing it, but I, I can acknowledge <laughs> that he may, he may not be the best player right now. You know what I mean? There's that distinction. For me, eight I, I I say I say I would put eight oh eight above weight registration, but I think that would be on my favorite list as opposed to what I consider to be the best. And I think that might be an important distinction. Even Lawrence and I were talking about we're probably going to have each of our rankings if each of us could, you know, feel uh, confident enough to rank them, you know, right here on the show. Um, I, you know, we'll put them up on our on our show blog. But I, that, I think that's a, a, an important distinction because I, I can honestly say that if I were to rank my favorite Kanye albums, it might be a different list than what I can, what I think are Kanye's best albums. If that makes sense. Uh, does that even make sense? I mean, what do you think, Al? I mean, in terms of, in terms, so you're saying in terms of, like, the general scope of Kanye's album, like, where does it fall? Yeah, where, yeah, where, I mean, because I, I'm, I struggle, because I, for, it's just for me, the way I'm thinking, like, Jesus I think long-term I might be listening to – and Jay said – I think what Jay said is important. Like, it, he, you know, he gravitates more to, you know, the early hip-hop, the true hip-hop Kanye, which is obviously, you know, the really the best Kanye there was. But I think for me, you know, I, I loved Ada Witt's Kanye, and I think made, Jay makes a great point in the fact that he wasn't rapping on that. So – and I think that's a really valid point in putting 808 below Jesus because Jesus is more of a rap album and he's a rapper. So I think that's a valid point. Um, but it's like I'm, I'm, ter- I'm thinking in terms of my personal, and it's highly subjective, obviously, but in terms of my listenability, I see myself listening to Jesus maybe down the road probably more than late registration, I guess, because I've gravitated more to the, this not this Kanye, but like Dark Twisted Fantasy and beyond. I mean, I, Graduation and Dark Twisted Fantasy for me are top two. I, I don't know which is which yet, but those are top two for me still. But I, I guess, yeah, where, where, do you, where do you think it's falling in the mold among, amongst the others? I think, I think it, it's going to end up falling as in, in the middle of the pack album. I mean, all right, so Complex did their list, like you said, which was which was almost laughable because it, it seemed like they kind of just threw whatever they could figure out together. And what was funny is a lot of their writers actually were weren't co-signing the list. They're just like, yeah, I, I greatly disagree with this list, which is why they did it where all the individual writers did this. I don't think Late Registration is the next to last Kanye album, and and I say next to last because they they did eight including Cruel Summer and Watch the Throne in the list. Cruel Summer obviously is going to round out the bottom of any list when we're talking about Kanye music. So that that's kind of a given. I don't agree with Late Registration at 7, though. I I, I think that Late Registration and Yeezus, I, I think it's fair to say that they're both pretty much middle-of-the-pack lineup, or middle-of-the-pack albums. I would say probably 4 or 5 and maybe interchangeable, and I say that because the Late registration was the beginning of the shift of Kanye to where it wasn't just raw sample, raw, like simple sample soul beats. And he was starting to get into more things in terms of core, or like more 
com- complex chord progressions and and bringing in a lot of different sounds. I mean, he had the, the orchestra sound kind of started on late registration, so it was groundbreaking to an extent because it it opened up a door for it. it for what we know as hip hop today, realistically, in terms of that type of sound, I mean that 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 really fathered that sound, I, I would say. So that that's why I put it in the middle. But at the same time, I think Yeezus is almost doing the same thing, where it's opening up a new avenue of sound for hip hop. I mean, it, it no hip hop album has ever sounded like Yeezus, and I don't know if any will, but I think that they're going to start sounding more and more like Yeezus, and, and less and less like late registration. Graduation, I feel like, is when he when he really figured out that sound, like to a T, which is why I feel like that's so great, and that and that would be in my top two too. And, um, beautiful dark twisted fantasy is is the in between graduation and Jesus, where it was like, all right, I figured out that sound totally. Let me tamper with this, and he got crazy lucky because he like I mean it was just he was he was. It was all the way polished. Don't get me wrong. There was a great deal of skill, but at the same time, he he branched off into some different types of stuff and ended up hitting on every single one, which is which is what makes great, uh, beautiful, dark twisted fantasy such a good album. But I think I think the precedent that Yeezus is going to set is what makes it so high. I think that's also why 808 has to be in consideration for one of those middle of the packs. I would say maybe like four, five, six will be late registration, 808s and Yeezus, not in that order, but because the late reg- uh, 808s really opened up an avenue for a new sound in hip-hop and I mean, obviously it wasn't it wasn't necessarily a hip-hop album, but it's Kanye West. He's a hip-hop artist. There's hip-hop fans that listened to it before anyone else did and, and so it was generally received as a hip-hop album and it was it was good, man. It was groundbreaking. I read something really interesting the other day that said that before um, Forty uh, Noah Forty, Drake's producer, who's been working with Drake since pretty much Drake came out. He's kind of Drake's right-hand man. Um, he said that um, 808s and Heartbreaks was a direct inspiration to uh, the sound for Drake So Far Gone, which we know was so big and was so good. And I... I think that that's really cool, and that and that shows a lot because that shows that like 808s, you know, I mean, they the, weren't they weren't all like fantastic, fantastic songs. There's some really, really stinking good songs on 808s, like some really good ones. But there, then there's some other ones that kind of just like, all right, well, I see why he did that. I just am not necessarily a fan of it. But at the same time, I think that like him bringing those types of sounds into the hip hop realm really allowed for people to kind of branch off, and and then you got guys that are like singing on hooks and stuff like that. Not to say that that wasn't done before, but it certainly wasn't done as as often as it has been. So I I I like Jesus, and I, I I've it certainly has grown on me. Like I said in our What We Hear segment, it's certainly an album that I'm going to be listening to for a long time. So I mean that that's always a plus. It's a it's a good Kanye album, but it, it I I think it's middle of the pack just in terms. I also I mean this is this isn't necessarily have anything to do with like the actual sound of it, but the fact that it's only ten songs still bothers me. And I I understand that it's Kanye and he can do that and he kind of just put this out like, all right I'm just gonna put this out and I I've been doing these songs and these are the best ten I got. 
and I, I, I get it, but at the same time, it still bothers me that it's only 10 songs. Nobody makes albums 10 songs long. Yeah, I I mean, Justin Timberlake's album was 10 songs. Yeah, his last album was 10 songs, but all of them were like eight minutes, and each of them was pretty much two songs in, in one. And Kanye's album wasn't necessarily like that. He has some shorter songs, I mean, three, four minutes, and for it to only be 10 of them. I mean, the album's only about 40 minutes in total listening, which isn't ideal for an album. I mean, you kind of want a little bit more content, a little bit more material. But at the same time, I, I can appreciate what he's put out and, and everything he's done. I, I had, the Blood on the Leaves grew on me. I, I, Tommy mentioned Blood on the Leaves. Blood on the Leaves certainly grew on me. And I mean, they, the the beat hit me at first, but I wasn't all the way sold on like the, the, the song conceptually. But that But that's definitely come around for me. It, we were out in Philly last night, and they played it. They played it. The DJ threw it on, and I didn't expect anything like that to come on. So it, it got real crazy. It got real crazy for a second. That that Jesus is definitely has some like real, real like live stuff. That that's what the coolest part about Jesus is. It's just really live. The production is is as good production as you're gonna get on any rap album. I said that last week, and I still stand by that. I mean, you're not gonna. You're not gonna find that type of stuff sonically on on just any old rap album, you know. It's 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 certainly it's something special. It's something special. So that long-winded answer was just to say that that Jesus is probably like fourth or fifth on the list of Kanye albums to me. If and that's like I said, with including Watch the Throne and Cruel Summer. Um, well. I- I, I really feel like we should exclude those in terms of the solo albums. But if if you're, if you're if you've got a ranking for me, give give me a ranking. And I had I was writing out Jay's as well, but I I, I know Jay has uh, had college dropout and late registration as your top two. So uh, both of you actually give me your rankings then. Um, I would say all right. I would to start from the top. I would go Beautiful Dark, then I would go Graduation. Then I would go. Um, then I would go late registration. Then Jesus. Then college dropout. And, and then 808. Or then no, actually switch switch college dropout and 808. I mean college dropout was obviously really good and it put Kanye on the map, but it was still all really raw and and there's and there's a, a, a venue for that. There's people that like that rawness and and there's some fantastic songs on there, but. I feel like he was doing a lot more commercial stuff when he first came out to kind of make a name for himself and start to strain to other things because we saw like stuff like workout playing and workout playing through the through the wire was was good but also slow jams was on college dropout like he was he was certainly going aiming for the radio and and I mean he hit hard but I I would have to I would I would throw that in last and and yeah that that's my ranking. As it's saying, um, Jay, why don't you go, go through yours again? I, you have college dropout and, and late registration top two, correct? Correct. I, uh, I had college dropout at one. I just, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm just, I have a preference for Kanye West in his in his early years. I think some of the songs on College Dropout. I mean, we talked about through the wire. Um, all falls down. Spaceship. Jesus walks. Never let me down. Get him high. <laughs> even the last call. Even the even the skit that that's the mayonnaise mm-hmm. color bins. I push miracle whips, and I am cheers to the rock. I mean that's when that's when when those samples were like he was wowing. 
He was wowing. I mean, Spaceship Alone is one of his greatest songs ever, even though it's not only him, but the content and everything of the song is so raw and so relatable and just, it's, it's, it's everything. It's everything. I think College Dropout is, is, is Kanye West's reasonable doubt. Yeah, actually, not think it is. It, it's Kanye's reasonable doubt. It's his. It's 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 it, it's what sparked everything. So I'm gonna give I'm gonna give him the nod for the spark, um, and I'm gonna go. The college dropout is his best album. I'm gonna go late registration um, next, and it's hard for me because my beautiful dark twisted fantasy is so raw and so good as well. Um, it's hard for me to differentiate the two as far as two and three. That's probably my hardest decision in this whole process. But I'm going to go late registration two. I'm going to go my beautiful dark twisted fantasy three. I'm going to go graduation at four. Um, I'm going to go Jesus at five. And I'm going to go 808s and heartbreaks at six. But, I mean, if you think about each album, each of them took on a body of its own. Um, I like the direction with 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 college dropout, late registration, and 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 graduation. I like the direction and the themes of the album, and 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 I I, I like that part of it, and that's probably why they're in my top four. Um, my dark twisted fantasy was just an absolute. He, that's a massacre. That is an absolute massacre. That's that that that's the that that's him hitting his peak production wise and musically. And and that's just a that's just a that's just a massacre of an album. It's just a a, a heavyweight album. Um, and then and then you know eight and and Jesus I would put there and I would give it a slight nod over over eight oh eight, but it's it's not by much right now. And and that's been and I agree with with the things that Lawrence said. I I think it's short. I don't I don't see the direction in it that he had in the, in the prior, but. With all that being said, you can't deny the music. Like, you just, and that's what it comes down to. So, um, that's why I'm giving it the nod over 808s and, and, and for, for rap and hip hop, uh, uh, credit and, 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 and value. So, yeah, I'm, 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 I'm still inclined to the early Kanye stuff, and I, and I don't know if I'll ever not be, <laughs> but I'm still inclined to the early stuff for sure. Good stuff. Yeah, it's it's interesting though. Even as I'm as I'm you know putting these down, it's like I, and it's something that I'm sure we all agree with the the last album. And I keep hearing it. You know, everyone kind of makes their case for the the, the first album they have, and then the, the last one. You know, kind of why they have it last. But I'm sure we could all attest to the fact that Kanye's whatever we feel is Kanye's worst album was probably better than every other album that year still. <laughs> so. It's 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 uh it's interesting trying to do these rankings for that reason, right? Especially for people who have felt that connection with these Kanye albums from the beginning, um, for sure. Uh, T Hill, um, let's get to you and uh, get your thoughts on on Jesus and and rank it on the six Kanye albums. Where are you putting it? Um, I would put it, you know, at the you know one of his last albums with the Waves and Heartbreaks. I mean, I, I completely agree with what, I mean, Jay and all you guys are saying with the fact that, you know, the college dropout, uh, late registration, graduation, you know, that's that's traditional rap. And, you know, but Kanye West, for me, is the way I look at Kanye West is that he he doesn't want to be confined as just a rapper. He He's an, he's an artist. 
and and the thing that he's doing with Jesus is greatness in itself, and it's it's showing that you know what I just said. He's not just a rapper, and he's in a lane where he's looking back and not seeing anybody in his rearview mirror. You know, he he's he's just doing something right now that just hasn't been done, and it's not just rap music; it's production and and it, I mean, I talked to you about this, uh, Martin, last weekend, I believe. It, it's like Kanye West has, it's just an evolution of himself. He keeps evolving, and he, he, he doesn't care about stretching the boundaries, and it, it doesn't matter to him, you know, if he loses or gains fans. He's he's doing what he feels necessary to to, to put out. Like, I feel... I'm gonna look back, like you said, Martin, at this Jesus album, and I'm gonna show I'm gonna show my kids that okay, you hear this sound right here? This is something that started a wave of, you know, what was to come from years. And hell, actually, you just said you said that as well. This is this is creating a lane for really for madness because it, it's just these these sounds and all these all these instrumentations and these, you know, the the crescendos, up and down beats, and it's just, it's something that the rap game has never seen, and it's it's gone completely away from traditional rap, but, you know, it, it's what Kanye West, Kanye West has done in his own genius, and in, 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 in his own right, um, because it, there's, we just haven't seen it. It's hard for me to even call him just a rapper. He's, he's, he's an artist. And an artist, artist. He's, and and another thing that we said, uh, I was talking to you about Martin, is that um, he only really, he can still rap, but he he needs somebody else on the track. It only it only comes out when there's somebody else that brings his rap out of him. Like on this Jesus album, he only has one rap feature, I believe. It's the uh, the King L, the the King L yeah. track is the only one that he has a, a rap feature. There's no one else really challenging him to bring any real verses. So, you know, it, it, it's it's hard to it's hard to categorize like a guy like Kanye West because he's just he's way out there. He is way out there. He's not just rapping. Yeah, absolutely. That, that's a strong point. So, Tommy, give us your give us your your Kanye albums in order. Rank them. I'll put, you know. Late registration, college dropout, graduation. I put uh, my beautiful dark twisted fantasy, and then you know like like uh, like Jay said, eight oh eights and Jesus is is right there. But I feel in the in itself, like Jay like Jay, you just said, each album takes on its own its own body, its own its own story, its its own. It's it's hard for me to even rank them because. In his raps, it, and in 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 these albums, he's he's evolving. It's and you see it in his lifestyle. It's just you know, it's kind of like this 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 lightning bolt that's been bottled up for so long, so long. And he was just you know, I'm not just rap. I'm not just rap. And now the the bottle's completely exploded. And we're this is what Jesus is. And it's just you know. Kanye is, is a very, very creative guy, and that's what happens with greatness. Either you hate it or you, or you love it, and and the great ones don't seem to care, and Kanye West doesn't give a damn. 
So you're go are, are you going Jesus the eight oh eights or eight oh eights Jesus? I would go I'll put Jesus over eight oh eights. I mean eight oh eights is a great album to me though. I, I love that album. But, of I mean, course. It's hard again, for me. It, it, you can't uh, the worst whatever is last on our list we can I think we can all agree is better than most albums. So that that's the challenge in really ranking these in terms of how we favor them. And it's like Jay said, it comes down to which Kanye you prefer. Um my list I my list is probably most similar to Lawrence's. I'm going Dark Twisted Fantasy Graduation one one and two. Um I'm going with eight oh eight at three and I, and I I am I think Jay made the valid point about the rapping, but in terms of my preference, I, I enjoyed the messages on 808, uh, maybe more than, uh, not more so, but I, I I don't know. It's something about that album that I gravitate towards. Um, so 808, and then I'm going uh, Jesus, late registration, college dropout. Um, so, again, we'll put our, our rankings up on our show blog, thecollectiveradio.blogspot.com, where you can find those. Um, we're going to wrap up now for the day. Uh, thank you for joining us for another afternoon with The Collective. You can check out our blogs, as we've said throughout the show. Um, join us again next week, and um, we'll see you guys next week, next Saturday. Thanks for joining us.